Good evening, Baller Nation. It's your boys, the Shot Callers, back with another podcast episode. The date is October 28th, 2019, and as always, we're back to talk basketball. Today's episode is going to be a duo. I got my boy Rich, no nickname Bustos. Yeah, there's no <laughs> nicknames. I'm kind of thrown off. We're in a new studio, and I'm looking right at JV this time. I'm not, I'm not used to this angle. It's kind of weird. I feel like we're on first take or something it's like, like we're that. In a, it's like we're in a presidential debate. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. Or like Family Feud, when you go and... Go up to the heads of the families have to go yeah. say whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to buzz in. <laughs> That's what we forgot. We forgot a buzzer right in the middle. Uh, and as always, we're back to talk NBA hoops, guys. Uh, first weekend of the NBA season just uh, ended. So many games. So man. many games. A lot of headlines are early headlines, but uh, headlines nonetheless. Um, I guess this is when people start overreacting, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm like struggling not to overreact to a bunch of stuff. Uh, I'm struggling to watch the games. I'm struggling to like, I mean, because there's just so many. I'm struggling to keep up with the social media. I'm just struggling in general, but yeah. I'm, I'm getting through. <laughs> Particularly when you're talking to the people, you know, on the street and they're talking about, did you see this? Did you see that? They're going to win it all because mm-hmm. the team is 2-0. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm struggling not to put them in yeah, their place. <laughs> they're, ready to, they're ready to crown champions, but it's understandable. You don't want to quell anybody's excitement. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's excited. You want to you want to feed that. If anything, you want to let them know. I usually use those opportunities to kind of tell people about some some no names and be like, hey, did you catch this? Did you catch that? And they're like, no. And they're really open to it because they are so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy about that. Um, before we jump into any particulars as far as games from this weekend, let's go over a little bit of the NBA news. Uh, yeah, so we had some really unfortunate news for the Valley of the Rising Sun, uh, the Valley Boys, as they like to say, over in Phoenix. So whenever they break their huddles, they go, Valley Boys on three. One, two, three, oh, Valley Boys. Cool. <laughs> I like it, too. Um, it kind of makes you think of Valley Girls, but, you know, they take it. I spin- didn't think about that. <laughs> I thought about that, but, you know, spin it however you, however you like it, whatever is cool to you guys. That's cool for me. Uh, and, like, Valley of the Rising Sun, I think, is the name of their, like, sports blog over there, too. Yeah. So hey, just, own it. Right? Yeah, it's cool all, all around, in, in my opinion. But um, DeAndre Ayton, as if you guys saw our Instagram, we posted it, the, you know, uh, not too long after it happened, got suspended 25 games for violating the NBA's substance uh, abuse policy. Substance abuse policy is for uh, PEDs, not for illegal drugs but for peds but they did find him to have something that was in their banned substances list which is called the diuretic which is supposed to mask other things that could be on the band. So we don't know what he like actually took to enhance himself. Right. We we they they caught the blocker. <laughs> they yeah, caught exactly. the, they caught the masker. Yeah, they got the uh, the fall guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Adrian Wojnarowski is the one that reported that initially, and he also reported that they would be appealing the decision, hoping yeah. to take the suspension down from twenty five games. Uh, so maybe something like 15, maybe 10 games. Yeah, yeah. And when something like this happens, the the NBA PA is going to be all over it uh, almost immediately, right? Because they're out to protect the players. So um, the appeal came shortly after. And, I mean, I'm, I'm We I'm haven't sure. heard anything else about it. So I there, don't think There hasn't been an update. I mean, it's been about five days, but there still has been, was it four, three, four days? Um, but there has still not been an update. Uh, I assume these things take some time. Considering it's probably not going to be anything less than, I would say, 15 games, it doesn't really matter, right? <laughs> well, I don't think it's going to be moved whatsoever, uh, in my opinion. I think they're going to hold firm. Um, yeah, I, so. I, I agree because it's not a common thing in the NBA. We mm-hmm. look at what happened with... Uh, Tyreek Evans mm-hmm. during the uh, during the off season, mm-hmm. and he was you know he was bad for a year, bad yeah. for a year. So I think it's going to be one of those. And the NBA has always been very good about this, but it's going to be like no nonsense, no nonsense, no tolerance. Um, and they're going to stick to it because it makes a statement, and I think it's it's the right move. Yeah, especially with like a young, super buff, young star like yeah. that, second the, year in the NBA. At already. the time where uh, you know all the eyes are on the NBA right now, the excitement during the season, you know anything to quell that is going to put a sour taste in their mouth. So I think they're going to stick to it. And I kind of had a poll running on our Instagram, like who do you think is going to be coming into NBA basketball or for the regular season first? Is it going to be Zion coming back or is it going to be DeAndre Aiden? Because both are factoring somewhere in the mid December. Yeah, area. my money would be on Aiden just because even if they don't get, um, even if they don't reduce it, we know when we're going to see him. You know, game 26, here mm-hmm. comes DeAndre Aiden right back yeah. in there. There's nothing to hold him back. Well, we're at, whereas with Zion, I think it's really going to be where are we at that moment? Are the Pelicans realistically in the hunt? Mm-hmm. Because at, at game 25 to 30, you know, you kind of know who you are. You kind of can tell where you're headed. There, by no means is the playoff picture clear but you know hey or what kind of team are we do we do we need him to come in 
and provide that spark and potentially put us in the playoffs? Or are we better off tapering our expectations and just saying, hey, let's wait till maybe after the All-Star break? Or something are you talking like about Zion? I'm talking about Zion, yeah. I just hope they don't Aiden's pull coming him. back, like game 26. Like yeah. I said, after the suspensions of, you know he's coming back. So I'd say he's going to come back first. Just because with Zion, you're going to be way, way more careful. Yeah, I just hope with Zion they don't uh, do a whole, oh, we'll just sit you the whole year. You know, I'm, I'm ready to see him. Yeah, that's what I was saying last week. Like, that, that is a possibility, and that would be very disappointing. You know, he get redshirted, and then all of a sudden we're talking about Zion. On for rookie of the year next year mm-hmm. um, I really hope we get to see him this year um, just because it seems like every year we have something that's kind of throwing off the season you know somebody who's hurt and we don't get to quite see it I mean we already lost KD for this year mm-hmm. so we don't get to see that in Brooklyn I would hate to not be able to see um, Zion create that excitement hey, that New Orleans if, needs if KD was out there in Brooklyn we might not be getting the uh the uh, Kyrie Irving doing like somersaults on the court, uh, yeah, <laughs> thing going on. And I'm glad you mentioned Kyrie Irving before I get into the game. Did you see uh, every single game that the Nets have won has gone down to the last possession yeah, this yeah. year? And yeah. like, <laughs> so let let's change the uniform on the Nets and put them in the Celtics, you know, uh, uniforms. And if it's like last, you know, ten seconds of the game, and there was no question who the ball was going to go to, if it was going to Kyrie. There'd be some like malcontent going on, like you know, with Jalen Brown or Marcus oh, Smart or Turner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You flip the script and put him in Boston mm-hmm. in these same situations, or at least you would think you would think that based on what happened last season. But everybody on the Nets, they're especially they're, since they've lost two of those close yeah, games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, you know, everyone's in the honeymoon phase right now. Everyone's excited to have Kyrie around. I'm I'm excited to see Kyrie there. The court looks great. Yeah, he's got the headband going. His hair's growing a little bit. Yeah, and everyone's rubbing his head. Like we love you. We don't care if we don't get the ball in those in those instances. Uh, the assists that he does generate are like. One pass assist, it's not that beautiful flowing basketball, but hey, if they don't care, I don't care. <laughs> they can yeah. play however they want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll go a little bit uh, deeper into some of these weekend games, guys. We'll jump right back into some news. Um, we've got some people on the injury report for today. Who do we got? We've got uh, Embiid, who actually is questionable to play against the Hawks tonight. He, ha- he has suffered an ankle sprain against the uh, against the Pistons this weekend. Um, and he also got a lip laceration, so I guess he, somebody must have cut him up with, you know, a nail or something. Um, I don't think it's so much the lip as much as it is that uh, that uh, that ankle sprain. Um, he's questionable. He might go today. He might not. It's going to be one of those game-time decisions. I'm sure we'll find out here soon as the games start to ramp up. Um, we are a few minutes away from most of today's tip-offs. Um, what do you think? Just it, It's not supposed to be anything major. Is it just something that you're going to have to live with when you have him beat on your roster? Yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's like a fluke injury kind of thing. And, like, it's not the end of the world because if you wanted to rest him at some point anyway, he's still resting, you know what I mean? But it yeah. doesn't, it's not that uh, load management kind of label on there. So yeah. maybe that won't detract from his, you know, MVP votes or whatever it yeah. might be because the only reason Kawhi Leonard wasn't winning MVP last season or will keep him away, even if the six the Clippers won 60 games this year, Kawhi Leonard, missed 22 Kawhi games. Leonard wouldn't be in the in the chat because he'd be like, oh, he got load managed too much or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah, and I, I and I agree. I mean, with with the voters' decision on that, 22 games, that's a fourth of the season, a little more than a fourth of the season. Uh, and so, but as far as the Joel Embiid thing goes, I think that you could definitely miss too many because there were so much there was so much time last season when that Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, JJ Redick, and Ben Simmons all on the team, and they had a great starting lineup, but they had like three games all on the court together between them before the playoffs started. So, yeah. you know. It's I guess get this kind of stuff out of the way early and they need time to figure out what their lineups are. Tobias Harris is looking good against the Pistons, you know, with Angel and Embiid's absence, getting more shots up like that. Matisse Seibel getting some room, playing some D. Uh, so Al Horford, you know, the big question, I think I tweeted it out from our account on the weekend too, was he's the team was such a negative when Joel Embiid wasn't there. Yeah. They need reps as well. Yeah, their when defense he's not rating there shut to, up. To, like, and for people who don't understand, defensive rating, you want it to be lower. Yeah. <laughs> so when I say their defensive rating went up, that means they got worse. Yeah, um, you're scoring on them more. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, you kind of answered it, but you know, thinking about Joel Embiid's longevity, is it somebody that is, is his is the positive he brings on the court? Does it outweigh the injuries enough when you're thinking oh, about yeah. somebody who's gonna? you know, continuously miss 15 to 20 to 25 games? Yeah, most definitely. Like, I think any fan of any team would say, will you take these benefits with the risks or with the downside? And you say yes. It's what, like, What if he's, like, your main piece? Like, he is the guy. Uh, so you're saying, is it worth having him on the team and he's out, like, 20 games a year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. If it means you're in the top four seed in this conference, you have exciting basketball, a player that uh, a player that fires up the fan base, that fires up other players, <laughs> like yeah. the opposing players will fire him up in a negative way which is cool. Great personality. I think you take that. It's much better than playing in a, or having a team where, you know, your superstar or the guy you're paying max money to is kind of 
aimlessly, listlessly, yeah. you know, showing up every game. You're talking about Andrew Wiggins? Yeah, I'm talking about <laughs> Andrew Wiggins. Listlessly kind of drifting around the court, and you're like, hey, is he even out there? Yeah. Like, would Joel Embiid's out there? You know he's out so, there. So, I think, I agree. I think it's, he's better than that player, but I think about last year, the Pistons overachieved, and they made the playoffs, and then you lost Blake Griffin, and it was like, let's get swept. Mm-hmm. So, I disagree. I think Joel Embiid's a great talent, but I, I'd, I'd have a really hard time giving him a maximum extension or even if he was in free agency. And I get it. He's that talented. Maybe you take a chance. People always say that, right? No, like, you have to. You got to just go for it. <laughs> you can't be picky with this stuff. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I guess in the NBA, it's different than other sports, right? You, 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 you can be particular and say – I mean, you can't be particular. You take the guy because it is an all-star. That's what you it's get. It's an all-star yeah. league. Yeah. It's too hard to get someone to come to your team. There's only like six teams that get the free agents and – the Sixers have not been one of them. You know, a lot of most of their acquisitions have been through trades or the draft. So just look at Sam Hinkie. He yeah. died for this. So, I mean, he's <laughs> he alive, but he did <laughs> die for this. <laughs> All right. Another person on the injury report is going to be Drew Holiday uh, for the Pelicans. He sprained his knee in the Houston loss this weekend. Uh, he's also questionable against the Warriors tonight. Uh, I personally think they play it safe and just sit him out. The Warriors defense has looked abysmal. And without Drew Holiday, we talk. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the some of the particulars uh, from this weekend. But the rest of the young squad looks very nice. People that can create their own shots. Lonzo Ball shooting from perimeter with confidence. Brandon Ingram looks like, He's I guess, what people expected Brandon Ingram to look like early on. You know, yeah. So it was very exciting to see that. So I would play it safe. Uh, nothing serious. Probably miss one game if he if he doesn't go tonight. Yeah, and so like you could see that uh, during the games against the Mavericks and uh, opening night against the Raptors, like Drew wasn't having a, a great time shooting the ball. You don't know if there was any kind of uh, you know, not being ready to not 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 being ready in a negative sense, but needing to warm up, warm into the season. Not everyone's a hundred percent ready to go immediately. Um, so it'll be nice for him to recover, recuperate, and kind of get back in the zone for when he comes back so yeah he was playing some killer defense on porzingis the other day porzingis was trying to isolate him on the wing uh next to the right side of the free throw line he just swiped it every time so yeah those defensive instincts are still there so i'm excited to see them back and yeah i hope they put up a good fight for when zion gets back i hope it's sure. not just like oh they're out yeah exactly i d- yeah and but to your point i love when guys play deep he's kind of like a pat bev kind of type where they play defense real low and you're mm-hmm. able to swipe because mm-hmm. you can you create that separation, right? And people are like, you want to stay close, don't create too much separation. But when you get low like that, it allows you to move horizontally yeah. better. Yeah, like, horizontally, and also like the taller the player is, you might be like, oh, this guy's mismatched. We got a mouse in the house. But taller players aren't proficient dribblers all the time because mm-hmm. their dribble takes so long to get to the ground. Yeah, you know, so it's a more open time. It's a more you take away a part of their game because you can't put the ball on the floor with uh, as without them swiping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, Especially when you think about a guy that's seven foot, what three? Like, mm-hmm. like the forcing is that that ball like has a dribble like the size of my twice normal as much as like <laughs> my normal height. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cool. So, and uh, since we're on the, those are the two guys that'll be probably that'll likely miss a game tonight. But since we're on the injury subject, uh, one lingering injury that's actually lingering for two years is the John Wall injury, and I just wanted to to report that Adidas is attempting to do a buyout because they signed that contract with him five years, twenty five million, two years ago, right before he got injured, and he hasn't seen the court once. So yeah. Adidas is is looking to break that to break that contract, not break it, but buy him out and. And cut that uh, link with John Wall. Some some unfortunate news, I guess, for both ends. And I saw a video of him running. You know, he was running, fully sprinting up and down the court, beating the guys that he was racing against. I don't know who he was racing against, but looking good. Obviously, the NBA uh, is like a unreal uh, exhibition of athleticism, unlike anything that I've ever experienced. So yeah. I can't just say, oh, he's running up and down the court. He's ready to play. They should keep him. So, yeah. I mean, if he's cool with that, he agrees to it. It gets the... We know he knows how to secure the bag. So yeah. if he gets that money up front and he wants to do that, sure. And then if he comes back good, he can get another sponsor if if, if he's able to. That's true. You That's know? true. So, yeah. So uh, He's still a ways away. Don't get your hopes up, guys. Yeah. He's not playing this season. He's not going to play this season. It's not terrible news for him. Like you said, he knows how to secure the bag. He's making $44 million this year. He's like Boogie Cousins in a positive timeline. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Unfortunately for he's Boogie like the Cousins. Reverse, and yeah. they, both went to, uh, they both went to Kansas, right? Was it they were on the same Kentucky. team, Kentucky. Sorry, yeah, Kentucky. I get all those college teams mixed yeah. up. Yeah, um, but yeah, John Wall. Uh, I think I think I would fire him. I'd do that. I'd go Secure with the buyout. The <laughs> well, go with the buyout. Get the money up front. Hey, you get back to form, and then boom, you're a free agent mm-hmm. in the sense of you know sponsorship. Mm-hmm. That'd be perfect for him. Cool. That's all I have for injuries. What else? Do we, what next do we have? On uh, the Jimmy Butler wasn't injured, but he he's looking to be making his return on Tuesday. An unexpected scratch from. The regular season opener up till now, the Miami Heat have been playing very well without him. Oh yes, he had a uh, he had a baby. baby yeah. yeah, him and his girlfriend. So congratulations to them. I haven't even heard 
what the kid's name is. <laughs> uh, I hope it starts with a G. You know, so it could be something G Buckets. Their last name will be Buckets, of course. After G Jimmy Buckets. Butler. Yeah, Jimmy G Butler. The G stands for Gets. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah, that was an awesome call. I forgot who... Uh, who put that call out on the on, on <laughs> uh, it must have been Kevin Harland or something. He was like Jimmy G. I remember buckets. hearing that. I don't know the G it. stands for gets, man. <laughs> That's that was one of the best ones ever. Yeah, yeah. Almost as good as LeBron with no regard for human life. <laughs> that one is that one's too good. Um, yeah, I don't so, know how those guys do, man. I tried commentating one time just for fun. Oh man, that shit is it's tough. hard, man. It's hard to be on the top of your head. This is pre recorded, so if we mess it up, <laughs> we're gonna restart it. We restarted this one three times already. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so that's it for the kind of the reports for players in and out that we get you know, up to up to the minute we are recording this on Monday evening, so things could be happening as we're speaking yeah. before we upload this. Um, before we move on to the next thing, I, the Miami Heat was going to lead me to the next thing. I do want to mention our social media. Uh, please be sure to uh, reach out to us on uh, Instagram. That's the underscore shot callers. It's pretty much where we're the most active right now with daily posts that also feed over to Twitter. And when we watch games, we've been tweeting out kind of the action. Yep. Uh, JV's been visiting games in, in person. I've been watching on TV and just calling out what I see. Um, that's on Twitter at the, or sorry, Twitter at shot show on Instagram at the underscore shot callers. Please hit us in the inbox on Gmail. Uh, we really love taking listener questions on there. Yeah. Shot show at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes or on Apple podcasts, anywhere you leave, uh, or listen to podcasts that they allow you to leave a rating or a review. Please do five stars would be appreciated. Leave us some honest feedback. Leave us a question, write something to us. Cause we, we love reading it and we love writing back to you guys. So Definitely appreciate that. And, of course, we're also on YouTube if you prefer a visual. Um, medium. Yeah, visual medium. We're on YouTube. Just search The Shot Callers. Leave us a comment, like, subscribe, share with your friends. And as Rich always says, tell your friends about us. If you enjoy listening to us and you have some friends that want to, you know, gain a little bit of basketball knowledge or, basketball knowledge or just want to gain a, a different perspective, they can always check us out and we would really appreciate it. Send them the link and tell them to hit subscribe <laughs> when they click it. It literally <laughs> takes two seconds. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so... Uh, I guess the next thing I had written down uh, was actually a couple of awards I got won this week. We did have Players of the Week. Uh, yeah. Trey Young going supernova this weekend. Yeah. And Carlante Towns like making it look like child's play out there from outside from inside. Uh, they won Players of the Week. Carlante Towns. Haven't, haven't we? Uh, before you go into, this, oh, yeah. haven't we heard this story before? What Carl Towns has figured it out and yeah. uh, is making or things the look Wolves easy. in general. Like the yeah. season starts and they're they get a little streak. But we're not here to be negative right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Everyone's got hope, but <laughs> yeah, we're gonna that's keep true, them that's on the hope. Yeah, okay? that's true. They're three and zero, so congrats Dude, to he's, them. He's averaging thirty six points, fourteen and a half rebounds, five and a half assists. Two and a half blocks. That's your MVP numbers. And three and a half. St- yeah, Those it is. MVP exactly. Numbers. That's that's like, this is my show. Get out of the way. I'm not sharing the ball with Jimmy G Buckets. Yeah. I'm not sharing the ball with Andrew Wiggins, even though I'd probably like to share the ball with him sometimes. And Andrew Wiggins has been coming in clutch with like 16 point flurries in, in the fourth quarter the other night yeah. to seal the deal. But it's like, this is the show. You guys put guys around me to make things great. And I even saw uh, some action where um, he's running pick and roll uh, with their point guard, uh, with Jeff Teague. They're going around the screen, and they Jeff Teague attacks to force a to force a switch because Carlton Towns set the screen, so the the big guy gets on Teague, and then the small guy's on Carlton Towns. Carlton Towns, without getting the ball, uh, kind of makes himself more prominent that there's a mouse in the house. So the defense shifts over to Carl Towns to yeah. preemptively double, and then they just swing the ball right over to Andrew Wiggins to sink the three. Oh wow! So they're making the offense really work around him and, and accentuating his strength. So do you I, think? Uh, do you think that's where Andrew Wiggins at this point in his career after we've seen, I don't want to say shortcomings, but maybe not exactly what we expected him to be? Um, do you think this is maybe a role that he's starting to like kind of catch and through, catch and shoot threat, yeah. like kind of off the ball guy? Yeah. So uh, you could say that, but like even if you look back at his 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 flurry of three back-to-back-to-back threes um, to, win the, to win the game pull away from the heat the other day, um, I think it was on Sunday. Uh, so t- the first two threes, he wasn't moving around to get that catch. He was just literally standing at the wing, and then when yeah. the kind of offense kind of fizzled out, they kicked it out to him, and he shot a clutch three. One, the last one was a step back, which is really good, but he's not doing anything to generate or po- or do anything positive for the other players on the team, which is kind of where I'm kind of sold down on him. Um, yeah, because the- he doesn't have that movement that's constantly – Shifting the the he, defense. He's right? not ben- he's not benefiting anybody else on the team. He's not causing switches. Mm-hmm. He's not setting flare screens. None of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Which exactly. I mean, that's and, when you get run chicken tenders like, or get off. If two guys are gonna run on him, he's gonna shoot over them. He's not gonna pass it out to the open guy. He's not making his teammates Im- uh, improve in that sense. Yeah. Because like, look, they played three games. The Minnesota Timberwolves are three and zero. He's had one steal, one block, and two oh, assists. Wow. 
And that was all in total. That's total. And that was all in one game. That was all against the Hornets. That's a rough. (laughs) So what are the other two games? They're offers. He's just kind of floating around out there, man. Wow. And that's the guy making maximum money for your team. That's more of like what a guy off the bench would do. Right. Exactly. You know, you that's bring like your six man, your yeah, heater. Yeah, exactly. Heater. You bring him in. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. If Lou Williams did that, that that's cool. You yeah, know? yeah. That's a bonus. Lou Williams isn't making next money. <laughs> exactly. He's making like six million a year, man. Wow. They did him a favor and guaranteed that So he's not six figuring million. it out is what you're telling me. I don't think so. I think the jury's still out. Yeah. Uh, well, I think a lot, of, to go back to the, your, the guy you were talking about, Carlton and Townsman, I think a lot of people forget he was the number one overall pick. Um, my fantasy team did not forget this. Yeah, he is a couple time All Star. I think he's a two time All Star. Um, and he has a lot of he has a huge skill set. Like he's what a stretch four would be in my eyes, right? Somebody mm-hmm. who can bang on the boards. He's big. He's built like somebody who can back it down. He's built like a center, mm-hmm. but he can shoot from the perimeter. Um, his passing is not like super intricate, but he can find the open person. I mean, yeah. based on what you're telling me right now, he's that's where he's finding some success. What was it, five and a half assists a game? That's uh, that's good for somebody who's playing the four. Oh yeah. So. Um, I hope that maybe he's gotten out of because everybody made fun of them, right? That they were meek minded back when Jimmy was there because mm-hmm. he, you know, challenged them and they just kind of, you know, fell fell on their on their back. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is the this is the year that Calvin Towns really turns himself into an alpha type of guy and says, you know, like you said, this is my show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be interested to watch the Timberwolves. Not gonna get my hopes up, but at the very least, I think Carlton Towns will make an All Star game again. But, man, those numbers do speak MVP. It's way too early, but those do speak MVP. So we'll see where he ends up. Yeah, and so leading the Western Conference is the Minnesota Timberwolves. I didn't think we'd be thinking that at the beginning of the year. They're okay. the only 3-0 team, right? There's a 3-0 well, and, and then somebody the other else side is 2-0. Is the Hawks are 3-0 on the other side yeah. leading the Eastern Conference. And that's definitely not what everybody thought to start the season. Uh, the And le- led by Trey Young over here. So Trey Young, 38 points. Seven rebounds, nine assists. Is that his stat? Like, that's his season average? Those are his averages. Oh, so my God. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. And so he's shooting 50% from three. And those averages are going to come down. But yeah. he's been a 40% shooter uh, all last season as well. So it's not going to come down from that three? far. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, he's uh, he's playing confidently, man. And so one thing that – one quote – and you – I try to parse, like – the media speak that these players are really good at, you know, doing that they get coached on. It's like, oh, we got to take it one game at a time. We got to, you know, execute. It's all about playing for each other, believing in each other, and trusting each other. Kind of when they talk about defensive execution and what they're going to do to improve, like season over season as a team or as an in, as an individual. But Trey Young is a slight player. He's he's kind of small, kind of like Steph Curry. That's where all those comparisons come through. Yeah, you people compare Steve Nash versus Steph Curry. Which one is he more like? I don't think he's either person. He can definitely shoot like Steph at times. Um, but being more slight, I'm not going to compare him to Steve Nash. And then on top of that, uh, Steve Nash didn't look to shoot as much as Trey Young and Steph Curry do. So that's the comp for me. Yeah. Um, and being so slight, the season has a, has a toll. You're playing more games than you ever have in your life. So he had definitely slumped at the beginning of the season last year and kind of rounded into form as the year went on. And the quote, which I'm kind of taking a long way to get to it, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but he was talking about how he's excited for the second year of the season or his second NBA season because he knows more about the rigors and the difficulty of it, how hard he has to work in the gym, when he's going to get tired, how to bounce back, how to sleep, things like that. Yeah. So hopefully that will lead to him being more effective for more time, more consistently throughout the season. He could be close to this. And this is exactly what Travis Schlenk and the, and the, and the Atlanta Hawks thought they were getting when they drafted him and they made that trade for Luka, from Luka Doncic for Trey Young. Yeah, trade um, it down. Yeah, exactly. So <coughs> it's exciting, and I'm excited. Atlanta, the Atlanta seems to be a cool place to play. They got a great, uh, you know, uh, arena atmosphere, especially with their with their guy Sir Foster on the on the beats. And hopefully, instead of going to ch- check out the halftime show, they're gonna go check out the Hawks and free agents will check out the Hawks too. Yeah, uh, in coming years. So I'm yeah. a I think uh, you you talked about the conditioning. That's something that there's no stat line for, right? Mm-hmm. And people don't account for. We go out, they go out there and they play, and we might think, "Oh, this guy is you know shit in the bed tonight." And it could be something like that. Mm-hmm. Their conditioning's not there. Mm-hmm. You've never played this many games before. You're playing against guys twice your size. Somebody you said it's very slight. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna get hit, and it's gonna be the hardest you've ever gotten hit, right? When you're going in, when you're going to the hole. So you really got to condition your body to that. So I'm glad to hear that he understood that leaving last season, at the end of last season, understanding that, hey, I'm not quite built for this just yet. And it sounds like he spent a lot of the offseason really preparing himself. And it's showing early. It's still very early. Hopefully 
you know, we're going to talk about load management all year. I don't know if they'll do that with Trey. It could be a possibility depending on where they are on the in the win column. Yeah, the season. it's a developmental season, I would think. Like, I think if they if they were to exceed their expectations, we didn't really give over-unders on the teams that were going to make the playoffs this year. We didn't have the yeah. Hawks making the playoffs. But I think 36 wins would be a positive step for them. And if they're going to get on their way to that, it's not going to hurt them at the end of the day to, like, sit Trey, you know, if he's got a bum an uh, ankle or something like that develop cam reddish a little more see what what see what they can get out of these other guys yeah um so yeah that's for yeah, sure. and then it's still a huge you're, you're, like you said a very positive year because he's taking that next step to really becoming one of the one of the elite scorers in the league yeah um, how efficiently is he shooting do you know uh so i was just talking about his three-point stat i had to look up what he's doing from the but he's shooting 50 percent. yeah no that's sick yeah it's crazy 50 40 30 season Maybe. Um, so what? Uh, who knows? Fifty forty ninety. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know where he shoots from a free throw. I don't um, know if I said thirty. But. I'm sure it's good if his three points stats are good. Uh, so what for you, JV? I know I've been talking a lot. What stood out to you the most this weekend from the games that you were able to catch or catch up on? So, so the biggest thing that stood out for me is uh, the Pelicans. Like I talked about a little bit. I think when Zion went down, everybody was like, "Oh, they wrote him off completely." And I'm not sitting here and, and you know, you know starting a champion for the the pelicans making the playoffs mm-hmm. but i don't think a lot of people thought they would put up the fight that they have in the open air against toronto you know they led at the end of the game ultimately toronto pulled away it was still a very close game at the very end i think they just don't have that finisher um just yet but it could be somebody like josh hart i could see developing into that role somebody who can be a real finisher alongside lonzo mm-hmm. brandon ingram's really coming into his own i think we're finally seeing what people saw in brandon ingram early um he's built very long so he's able to get around shooters. I mean, over shooters. He's able to shoot over defenders, sorry, mm-hmm. um, very easily. Um, I liked watching him uh, against Houston this weekend, despite them losing. Um, you know, when you're playing against a team that again, a team like uh, Houston, whose defense did improve last year, and and it's still uh, solid this year. Uh, I just like the confidence he shot with. You know, he'd come off, he'd shoot off the dribble. Uh, he could shoot. He was playing ISO. Um, but he's also being smart. He's dishing it out to Lonzo. Lonzo, like I said, is shooting way more confident from the perimeter. I don't have his numbers right in front of me, but it was just a breath of fresh air to see these guys playing with confidence despite not having much tenureship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm glad that they didn't just say, hey, and it could be partly because they lost Zion that they're like, let's just throw it out there and see what happens. But I saw a lot, I did see a lot of different lineups. Like I said, uh, the starting lineup from the first game against the, the Raptors wasn't the same as it was against the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went a little bit bigger mm-hmm. against the Rockets. Um, but excuse me. Um, that's probably what stood out the most. The fact that as mo- as as deep as we talk about the the West uh being, and as down as everybody was on the Pelicans because they lost Zion, it's still exciting, ex- very exciting basketball out of New Orleans. And I can definitely see somebody whoever steps up and really takes the reins of that team could potentially be an All Star as long as they get enough wins. I'm not sure who's going to be yet. It looks like it's probably going to be Brandon Ingram. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but um, I, I'm going to be watching them a lot closer. Yeah. It, it was just very surprising because I thought, you know, no Zion. They're going to go out there. They're Deflated. Gonna try. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to lose handily. And they haven't lost a single game like that. Yeah. Like, and if anything, uh, you know, one positive thing that could come out of Brandon Ingram uh, playing this way is, one, he's going to get paid <laughs> because yeah. of the, all these extensions that happen, making that, that draft class weaker and weaker. He didn't get extended. He's going to get paid. Or uh, he's going to bring up his draft stock where he can get traded to someone where they're like, okay, we're going to trade for you with the um, hope that you will sign with us. So let us go ahead and sign you at the end of this, of this contract. So he's getting paid one way or the other. Yeah. And so the question is, will the uh, Pelicans want to keep him around, see if he's, see if he's going to fit going forward, or are they going to try to cash in and get some assets back? I think since the – if you look at the average age, and I don't have it in front of me, but they're all young guys. I think if I'm the front office of the New Orleans Pelicans, I, I sign Brandon Ingram because if you think about, okay, the future, is it's Zion, right? Zion's going to be your guy. He's going to be the face of the franchise. He's going to be the guy that puts tickets in uh, – butts in seats, sells tickets, Um we always talk about oh let's 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 rebuild let's mm-hmm. let's tear it up let's tear it down get and rebuild assets. get some assets to put around this young guy. Well, the guy is young, and you have the young assets. <laughs> yeah. Like the guys that are on your team is people you would draft. Mm-hmm. Like I can't think of anybody. I don't know the draft class for next year. But JV, but who would you draft that's as good as JV, Brandon Ingram? 
Brandon Ingram is Brandon Ingram, but a 2020 draft pick that could be anybody. anything. It, it could even be Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Ingram. Yeah, <laughs> you've all heard know. that one. You don't know what the pick's gonna be. And that's what I'm saying. So where's the logic in saying let's 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 build up his value, let's develop him, something that the the Lakers weren't able to do, obviously because mostly because of injury or the blood clots, right? It was blood clots. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate, but now he's in a position where he can play. You're putting his talents on exhibition, and yeah, the rest of the league is going to be able to see that and say, "Hey, you know, this guy looks good. Maybe we trade for him." And yeah, you get more assets, but more assets for what? To put young guys like Brandon Ingram around Zion. You could get draft picks to trade for a, a a second person or a third person or a third guy in the rotation that plays behind Zion. But yeah, Who's I, get, a, I yeah. get what you mean. I get what you mean. Okay, okay, but g- give me a four. Other than the clear stars, somebody who they realistically would get traded to Portland. That's better for the Portland to New Orleans. That's better than Brandon Ingram. Uh, I mean, and I'm and not. This is very premature because we haven't seen a lot of Brandon Ingram. But just watching him this weekend, he can play the four. He can he can defend. He's not a great defender, but he can get on the perimeter and defend because he is fairly quick. And then on offense, like I say, he's shooting with a lot of confidence. He can get, he can shoot over guys. He can get around guys. He has a spin move, which is nice. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. So he can create his own shot. Who are you going to go trade for that anybody would even give you that that's going to just be able to do that? And he's only going to get better. Zion's not like the promised one just yet. You know, he's still going to develop into that. He's not going to be LeBron James tomorrow or as soon as he gets back on the court. So why would you blow it up and say, hey, let's go get a bunch of new guys and see if – if they're any good for Zion, and now you're sitting in the same predicament you were with Anthony Davis, where it's like we got to get somebody around him, and then that, hopefully another Boogie Cousins falls on your lap, and no, you that's have fair. A run I get playoffs. what you mean as far as that goes, but I just feel like if Zion Williams is going to have the ball so much, and Brandon Ingram is also really relying on having the ball to run his offense and kind of get to his spots and try to shoot some contested twos, uh, if there's somebody that wants to give you a good deal for him at the end of this year, you take it. Because that way you can get somebody that's a little bit better at shooting from the three-point land. And it's not a guarantee that he's going to improve year over year. He could slump very easily after the All-Star break. We don't know. It's not a no, He's not a known commodity. We don't know about his health going forward. There's a lot of question marks. So I'm just saying it's a possibility. Couldn't you keep, if I'm not mistaken because I don't have his contract, but I'm pretty sure you could QO him, right? And I have him next year. I don't think so. Yeah, uh, give him a qualifying offer. Yeah, for next year, he's on and be a restricted free agent. Yeah, at the end of next year. No, I think this is this is free agent period. Okay, he's completely it. gone. Okay. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And that, uh, I still think you try to extend them before the season. Well, ends. and then it depends on how highly they value him as far as what kind of money they want to pay him when he comes back. They might not want to pay him the max. Somebody else is gonna pay him the max. Memphis, the so? Knicks, yes, yeah, <laughs> the Knicks, Memphis. That's sort of the problem. Or, yeah, here. exactly. So David Griffith is a smart guy. Cleveland, <laughs> like. He doesn't want them to max amount and take his player. He's gonna trade him if you can. Yeah, you know. So okay. There's a lot of things. In going that into sense, play. yeah. If you're if you feel like he's gonna fetch max he, money, then yeah. if he plays like this, he's gonna. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't want to pay that for whatever reason, because these are the guys that have the most information as far as his medicals and how his his work ethic and where they project he'll go at the end of that length of the new contract that he's gonna pay, they could easily reason to want to trade him. Yeah. But anyway, this is not the New Orleans <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> as as cool as they are, that, uh, I mean that's just what stood out uh, and. Can I just go along yeah. that same tangent? So you asked me what stood out the most, and it was that young, that young core really, you know, gelling together. Another young duo that you and I both actually don't have in the playoffs, and it's still to, the the jury's still out. Is very early. Frank Kaminsky. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, it's not Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> no, not Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> we'll get back to the next year in a second, though. Um, Luka Doncic and and Kristaps Porzingis. Mm. I was very surprised of how quickly we saw how that pick and roll and that duo, you know, just playing off of each other could be how deadly it could be. Mm-hmm. Like I was on the edge of my seat yesterday against in the Portland game. And if anybody didn't catch that game, definitely check out the highlights, check out the end of the game. It was, it was, it was very close. The Mavericks led all first three quarters tied at the end of three, ultimately lost by two points. Damian Lillard shot the go ahead, uh two pointer. Uh, he laid it in. He just drove to the rim, but we saw some of what made, People call Chris Tesperzing is the unicorn in New York. I mean, this dude was doing everything. He was he was running the pick and roll. Duka Doncic was was he he would trail Duka Doncic. Duka Doncic is so good that he would draw the two guys so mm-hmm. heavily, mm-hmm. and he just was capable of doing a flashy pass every single time. There was somewhere he did behind the back, around the player, and Chris Tapps is coming to the to the rim and just slamming it down. He he slammed the couple down uh, yesterday that way. Um, 
So that's very scary, right, to think about it. I'm just wowed at how good he is around the rim on the defensive end. Like, he can be what is out of position for so many other people, but due to his length, yep. like, it's just a whole body length over yeah. here, and he's still going to alter your Yeah, shot. there was a couple times where he would, uh, you know, he'd be they, they, they'd run the switch, the guy's rolling to the basket, he's covering his man, and he just covers so much space so quick, and he's still be able to alter the shot. He had a block. He had a couple. He had a second block, which called a foul, which was total BS because it was all ball, but that's neither here nor there. But you're right. He covers so much, so much ground on defense. This is a guy that can easily average two to three, uh, as he has in the past, two yeah, to three blocks, blocks a game. But I was just get to four. Yeah, but I was just excited for to see the offense because in the preseason there was some skepticism about you know how did he feel? He didn't look super. He didn't look agile. super comfortable or agile. He looked like a little slow. Maybe he was. It, it felt like he may. Some people were saying he might be favoring the knee just because he's kind of like. On the edge, but thing. people forget he's been gone for 20 months. He's played basketball. People act like he's been just rehabbing playing. for 20 months, yeah. stretching. His he looks buff enough that you could say that. Well, I know, but, believe you. but that's people think he's just been sitting around with an ice pack on his knee for 20 months, not going out there and hooping. Yeah. This man hoops. He hasn't played in an NBA <laughs> game, but he, trust me, people, he still has hooped. JB, so, 2019, this man hoops. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, and so um, <laughs> watching him on, watching him yesterday, it, you saw a lot of that. Uh, the pick and roll was really solid. Um, but even ISO, it was ridiculous. I can't, it was on Zach Collins. They put Zach Collins out on him because Zach Collins, sorry, because Chris Tabs was just exploiting Whiteside. We talked about Whiteside's hesitation to really guard the perimeter mm-hmm. and they were having a field day swinging the ball. Um, as soon as somebody would drive to the lane, you know, Whiteside would try to help and then they just toss it back to Porzingis and Porzingis would shoot it or he'd pump it and put it on the ground and Whiteside just couldn't keep up. So then they brought Zach Collins in. Zach Collins is a little bit more agile, a little bit more likely, a little bit more eager to go into the perimeter and guard it. But in that in that scenario, Chris Evans was like, let me put the ball on the I'll floor, go past you. Mm-hmm. dribble. No, and I even go past you. Well, yeah, put the ball on the floor. Like, I'm going to go past you. He did a step back. Oh, yeah, Step yeah, back yeah, three. three. Look, took one out of uh, Luca's uh, was, playbook. Yeah, I remember that one. That, that arc on that was crazy coming from so high up. Like. Yeah, and he was hot from three. Um, Kind of went a little cold from the three-point line Um, in the second half, which was unfortunate. I think ultimately that led to them losing just because he, he, neither he nor Doncic really could get anything going in the fourth quarter. Um, I think if they were shooting at the same efficiency they were in the first half, kind of kept some of those same plays going, they would have had – the success they would have the same success and they would have ultimately won that game um but i think that kind of speaks to um the maturity a little bit i feel like luca was forcing some stuff like i understand that your step back is deadly but let's run something different this time you know and Let, chris has a, missed back-to-back threes as yeah, well. yeah exactly so maybe you know run post play with chris taps you know you could put it in his ball and then put the ground on the ground back down the big um I don't know all the plays, right? But something outside of the scope of ISO step back three, um, it felt like he was forcing a lot at the end. And if you look at the stat line for the fourth quarter, I mean, I, th- I believe Chris Tabs was 0 for 4 from the three point line in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, and then Luca's field goal percentage dipped heavily in the second, in the fourth quarter as well. Yeah, and so I'm as high. I'm watching with bated breath, just as so many Mavericks fans are. We're surprised as to how good and competitive we seem to be uh you know each night against different quality and caliber of opponents uh so far at least to start the season i am like i said watching with bated breath and i'm keeping my expectations high you know i'm excited but i'm also trying to temper them as well because i've been a chris has fan since he got drafted by phil, phil jackson i can number four pick <laughs> and i've been going to every knicks mavs game that i can go to i've been going to new york trying to catch this man and after the all-star break he has not been playing. Yeah. So I want him to be doing this in December and in February and in April. I don't remember. I mean, I don't remember the last time I saw him playing in April. I don't think I ever have. So, so I'm just hoping that this continues. Almost two years. Yeah, yeah exactly. It goes forward and he stays healthy, stays buff, looking good, expands his game. And then he can bring out the best out of other players like uh, Seth Curry, Jalen Brunson, and, and the guards on the team uh, with that tandem. Cause all those guys can run pick and roll or pick and pop, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah, really exciting. That's for sure. Um, that, and then also, I want him to kind of bring down the three point shots a little bit because he shot ten against the, against, lot, against, the yeah. against the Blazers. So yeah. I wonder if he could bring that down. Yeah, I think he was three for six, and then suddenly he ended up three for ten. Yeah, he's he, he's the definitely tall enough to kind of get almost any shot he wants. He's definitely gotten in bulkier, but he's not like the biggest, most imposing dude as far as like girth and strength wise. But I think he has enough touch to softly kind of lay things in and have kind of pseudo hooks around the basket, kind of like a Marcus Soul. Yeah, does so I think he. 
could definitely learn something from him if you want. And yeah, they both true. played for Spain, I believe. <laughs> I think uh, Christos used to play in Spain. So oh, he's playing in Spain. There must be Basically a link. for Spain. No, bit. not for Spain. <laughs> no, in Spain. I think there's a link there that, that yeah. he could be exploiting. But that's just me. Yeah, I think just he just needs talking. a softer touch on that. Because uh, he did try that a couple times. And it was just a little, I feel like his hand was a little heavy on it. And it could be because, you know, you get buffer. You mm-hmm. kind of lose your touch a little bit. Because yeah. you're like, you're used to putting a certain amount of, of <laughs> yeah. power behind it. But you're stronger now. So that same push is like putting a little bit more. Uh, but you talked a little bit about the role players. Uh, I think ultimately what's going to lead to Dallas' success is going to be that team chemistry and just being able to swing the ball around. And they have a lot of shooters, dude. Like, it's it's crazy. They have a lot of guys who can drain the the, the long ball. Maxi Kleva, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., um, DeLon Wright hit a couple of big threes to keep the to keep the lead in the third quarter. Right when it felt like the the Trailblazers were crawling back into the game, you know, and CJ was going off. It seemed like they couldn't stop CJ. And Chris Tapps, he was making Chris Tapps look a little ridiculous. Yeah, he yeah. drove right by him. Yeah, so I was times. like, oh my goodness. Maybe he, he he looked a little gassed, so maybe it was a little bit of that. But I was like, ooh, this is easy bucket for CJ. Like mm-hmm. CJ was putting on a, a show, and he was able to weather the storm just enough for Damian Lillard to start catching fire in the second half as well. And they both ended up shooting fifty percent from the field. Uh, 28 points for uh, for Damian Lillard, 35 for CJ. It mm-hmm. was a ridiculous game. But Delon Wright was looking great against exactly. the Pelicans, too, against yeah. the Pelicans. He yeah. was everywhere, yeah. getting offensive rebounds, getting steals, kind of in all the places that you didn't think he was going to be. He was looking real crafty. Yeah. I'm really so up last on. week you talked about um, – why why we didn't put the Mavericks in the playoffs and you talked about well they, yeah they're very they got the duo but then it, they seem to have a lot of guys that would be bench players on the starting lineup but I feel like that's a positive in the sense that these guys work harder because mm-hmm. the guys on the bench usually do work harder and what I mean by that not that they not that the starters don't try but they're able, they're willing to do more of the small things mm-hmm. they're willing to dive for the balls they're willing to run around you know and and grab a rebound out of position mm-hmm. um, not necessarily just leave it up to Chris Tazwarzingis to grab the rebounds mm-hmm. uh, Dorian Finney Smith was yep. out there grabbing Hard rebounds workers. yeah they're all going at the boards and that's what you need sometimes because those second chance points add up and ultimately will lead to to more wins especially in a close game like that it was an unfortunate loss for them but I think it's a big positive to for them to be able to say hey. We're in. We can be in close games against teams like Portland, who were just in the Western Conference Finals last year. So, um, the uh, speaking of the Portland game, uh, Zach Collins, your boy, originally my boy, I think from before last season, he actually dislocated his shoulder mm-hmm. during that game. Yeah, it's unfortunate. They, they ended up popping it back in, and you know we've all seen that football story where yeah. the guy dislocates whatever, like put it back in, put it back in, coach. Yeah. But he's listed as day to day, so uh, we'll see what's going on with that. Yeah, that was that was tough. I I I felt like the Mavs were gonna run away with it at the end because he got hurt and then Whiteside fouled out mm-hmm. with about three and a half minutes. So I was like, okay, this is where they can exploit the inside. Really wish they would have done it, but they didn't. The coaches challenge actually really pivoted that game. Uh, uh Terry Stotts challenged a uh, a loose ball or a rebound that uh, Dorian Finney-Smith gathered. Uh, Lillard swiped at the ball. It went loose. They called it a foul, and right? And they called it a foul. It got challenged. And then they ended up overturning the call. Um, I think it was, uh, yeah, overturned the call. And they called it an inadvertent whistle, which led to a jump ball, which then led to the Mavericks fouling the Portland Trailblazers at the end of the jump ball, which kind of led the swung things to go where Portland's way, which is great. You want, it to, you want it to be the fair outcome, the right outcome. Mark Cuban took exception to it on Twitter, saying that it's totally unfair in the sense that they didn't play that replay for the fans in the arena. So all that the fans knew, be not having the announcers at home um, was that the ball got overturned the other way, but there was no reason as to why or explanation as to why. Uh, do you have any kind of thoughts on the coach's challenge? I have one simple one. Uh, it's an experiment, of course, so I don't think it'll be around forever. But I, I hate it. No other sport. You hate it? <laughs> yeah, no other sport allows you to challenge a call, and for this very reason, right? But the football and, has and a and challenge. They, ta- they talked about it, but they don't. You can't challenge. Uh, the only this is new too this year, obviously for the NFL. But usually, when it comes to uh, a penalty, like you can't challenge holding. You can't challenge. You can challenge pass interference now, but that's also why the NFL said it has to be blatant. Like it has to just be like, like I don't know if you watched the New Orleans game. For anybody who's listening, watched the New Orleans game, but where the guy just like trucked the guy and the ball wasn't even there yet, and he just like boom mauls him over for those reasons, right? When it's just ridiculously stupid and it's missed. But in this case, like really, like th- did you see? Did you hear the call? Uh, yeah, I was watching. This is me not being a homer, but this is not me being a homer at all. But the call was inadvertent whistle when the ball was loose yeah so they changed it from it was a foul to oh since the whistle was blown when the ball was loose it goes to a jump ball mm-hmm. that's dumb like it was called if, if you saw it as a foul call it a foul that's it but it's been called a foul how are you gonna overturn oh suddenly it's not a foul but the hand is part of the ball jb 
I, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, yeah, like you're gonna go back and you're gonna look at the video, and now you're gonna say, "Oh, it wasn't a foul." Like, it it just doesn't. But that's the point of the challenge. But the call's the call. But that's they're what? challenging the call. Yeah, but did you did you see what he said? He didn't say, "Oh, it wasn't a foul." It went out of bounds, and it's out of bounds on somebody. Mm-hmm. They changed it to some arbitrary, uh, inadvertent whistle. What the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? So either either tell me it's an out of bounds because there was no foul, and the ball goes to whoever, right? Mm-hmm. Because the last person that touched it was maybe Damien. In this case, sure. if it's all ball, right, and Damien Lillard swiped it, and we're saying it's not a foul, then it should be out of bounds on Portland. It should be right? off Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, who had the ball and then he lost that out of bounds. Is that what you're saying? You're saying that it shouldn't just be like, oh, jump you're, ball. You're saying that, that, that the ball Damian went, Lillard it swiped went, it, right? It went out of play. Well, he swiped it and hit his hand. Uh-huh. Uh, who's, Dorian Finnsmith's hands were on the ball. He swiped it and then it went out of bounds. So you're just saying that if it wasn't a foul, it should just be out of bounds like normal. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, I get you. Yeah. Uh, my very simple thought on the coaches' challenge is I, I'm cool with the experimentation. I think I said this. Mm-hmm. I want I want people to shoot one free throw for multiple shots. That's what I want. But um, <sighs> but my my thought Speeds on the, up the game, I guess. Yeah, and my thought on the coaches' challenge is like Jesus Christ. They have to use it every game. Like I don't feel like in every game you watch in football they use challenges. No, I know they, they have them, but they don't use them every time. It's not. But there's so many opportunities for them to do so. There isn't going to be an NBA game that you watch that they're not going to use. Yeah, it. I mean, if you think about how many possessions each team has in the basketball game, it's mm-hmm. probably like twice, if not more, as much. Eh, twice as many, if not more, than an NFL game. Yeah. So, so and w- and most NFL plays are like I ran it and I got two yards or I threw it and it was incomplete. Like yeah. Nothing really happens. And these uh and these plays uh and, and you can't challenge and these anything. coaches challenges they're having in like the first quarter like there's not even <laughs> a pitiful pivotal point in the game, yeah. except Terry Stodds did use it uh you know to great success at a clutch moment so. You know, I'm cool with it. I just wish that they didn't have one every game, but that wouldn't be fair either. Yeah. But I'm just like, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of games. Yeah, <laughs> and, it is a lot. and you're going to use it every time. So cool. that's kind of what I think about that. What um, else did you see this weekend? So, man, the heat, man. Uh, when they didn't have Jimmy Butler in the lineup and this, this, you know, all this to do about Tyler Harrow looking great in the preseason, somebody that's kind of come out of nowhere, uh, not on my radar, as I've said to you guys before, I don't watch college. There's just too many basketball games in the NBA to watch. I don't got time to watch college. But, uh, Kendrick Nunn. Uh, so Jimmy Butler's coming back on Tuesday, uh, we think, against the Hawks. Eric Spolster came out and said that he's going to be starting the game in place of uh, Tyler. Tyler Harrow will not be starting. He's coming off the bench. They'll have Kendrick Nunn in there even when Jimmy Butler comes back. Yeah. And so just these immediate averages here, uh, we have him with, let's see, he's got uh, 23 points a game, 22.3 points a game to wow. Tyler Harrow's 12, uh, two turnovers, two steals, Three assists, uh, <coughs> four rebounds. These are averages over the next three games, over the last three games. Two games, three games. Um, yeah, you got to go with the hot hand, man. Yeah, 40% shooting from three. So shooting guard, not filling up the box score with all the other stuff, but like it's his first three games in the, in, in the game, first three games in the league, and he's just looking not afraid, uh, able to shoot it. Miami also undefeated? Uh, they're not. Mm-hmm. I think the only two that are, are um, the Wolves and the Hawks. But um, undefeated, not three and zero. Yeah, undefeated. Yeah, there's a couple undefeated. No, well, teams. the the Heat lost to the Timberwolves. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, that's true. So yeah. there's somebody else in the West that was undefeated. That's why. So yeah, I thought I thought that was a uh, I thought that was really cool. Um, it'll be exciting to see them play with Jimmy Butler when he comes back tomorrow. And, At least two and zero. And the thing that uh that really makes me laugh, there's two things that make me laugh. Yeah. Is uh in that Timberwolves game against the Heat, uh when when um, Andrew Wiggins was just shooting shooting the lights out. Uh, they apparently missed a kick ball. Uh, uh, the refs did that, and then it ended up getting turned over to Minnesota, who then went and got it to Andrew Wiggins to shoot the three and go up and kind of put things away. And Eric Spolstra, usually mild, oh, yeah. he was like, he's F going you, crazy. He just he's dropping f bombs, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. He's po- pointing at the ref. Yeah, he's stomping on the ground, and then just kind of close up, kind of towards one of the players. But yeah, exactly. Ew. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't. And, and the number one joke that I saw in the comment section on Reddit was like, man. That pointed, man. They were saying that they needed to quadruple team Andrew Wiggins, and he's pointing at the defenders to do it. <laughs> you, <laughs> and you, and you, and you. But no, he's fucking he cussing out. some very the, unkind words for Yeah, the he's cussing out the rest, man. Uh, speaking of Eric Spolstra and the Heat, I, I love their culture, man. Their workman's culture, that your body percentage has to be down this much, below here. Got to have weekly weigh-ins. If you're not in shape, you're not playing. Just look at Dion Waiters who didn't come on the on this last road trip. Like, you got to be bought in or wow. you're out of here, even That's though they, they signed him. I mean, Pat Riley, you signed another contract. Don't be surprised. But anyway, um, 
the number one quote was after the back-to-back or tom- to tomorrow's game, having a quick turnaround, um, they were saying, are you going to be adjusting your lineup uh, to you know reflect to, to all these games you've been playing? And he goes, we're the Miami Heat. We don't do load management. And I was like, damn. damn yeah, that's so tight. I was up on that. said that? Yeah. That's tight. We're the Miami Heat. I was like, man, that's tight. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the things that kind of stood out yeah. to me the most. Uh, I hope Mike Conley gets back in shape. Finally made a three on the Utah home floor. And everybody was cheering for him. He was having a real rough time, real rough go of it. But he's a veteran. He's going to end up bouncing back eventually or getting into the flow of things. New team. First time he's ever played for a team that's not the Grizzlies. So, I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to have an adjustment period. Hopefully they bounce back. They got killed by the uh, Lakers the other day. Um, and then the Suns looking pretty good. They beat the Clippers. Uh, yeah, think, yeah, we, we thought we're going to go 82 and 0. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looked like it, right? Yeah, you sure. look online, it seemed like nobody could beat the Clippers. That's the, like the early consensus. But then the lowly, I don't want to call them lowly because they're winning, but the lowly Suns. Uh, well, those Valley Knocked boys look a little ornery, man. Devin Booker was looking good. His averages are right in line with previous years. He's yeah. getting some bucket dog cuts. Frank Kaminsky got the start because of DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Frank Aiden. Kaminsky? Yeah. That dude was in the on the Hornets. League, he was on the Hornets. for a while, too. Uh, well, uh, in and out off the yeah. uh, off the what are they called? The Swarm? Yeah. <laughs> the Greensboro Swarm yeah. is what the, the There's G a whole League documentary about him. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, Michael Jordan's rolling in his grave. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> in his grave? <laughs> he's alive. I know, I know. But anyway, Frank Minsky looking good. The Hornets <laughs> look good. Or the, uh, the Suns looking good. Uh, they just look kind of ornery, man. They got yeah. a defensive identity. And so Ricky Rubio was out the other game too, but, you know, still looking good. So yeah. they could exceed their 30-win uh, mark that I said they were going to exceed. So we'll see. And yeah. then, so... I'm up on them, too. The last game I want to talk about, I don't know if you have something else, but one game that I want to talk about was OKC versus uh, Golden State. Um, Shea Gilders-Alexander. Yeah, Shea Gilders-Alexander still looking great. Uh, looking like a trade that's, like, positive. That's, like, one of those trades where you're, like, both teams won. Everyone's winning. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Shea Gilders-Alexander and, uh, and uh, Danilo Gallinari both having a game. 21 points from Danilo, 19 points from Shea. Shea also had a big first game. Um Nine rebounds for him, shot 57% from the field, 50% from three points. So, you know, what more could you ask from the young uh, guard? But they just got up to a hot start. They were up by, I want to say it was about 32 at half. Ultimately ended up winning the game by 32. Um, They interviewed Draymond Green after the game, and they asked him what's going on. And He said, we much, fucking suck. Yeah, pretty much to paraphrase. <laughs> we're horrible. We fucking suck. <laughs> um, people were making the jokes. They were, they were saying he's going to call. Giannis from the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one. Um, but um, essentially what I saw there is, you know, what made the Warriors so successful for so many years is their their pace, right? They were so good on defense. They were able to get the – they were able to – to get the stops and quickly push the ball up the up half court. Yes, um, and then that's what I was gonna talk about. Yeah, but now it seems like they have to. They're playing a lot slower, mm-hmm. like because their defense sucks. The teams obviously the other teams making a lot more buckets. Yeah, you're having to run I'm set plays. My notes here. Yeah, you're having to run more set plays because the guys are just kind of like, all right, let's go run around. Mm-hmm. Go go ahead, Steph, run around. But guess what? Steph's got like two guys chasing them because mm-hmm. there's nobody else on that court that can. That can guard him. Yeah, and not to derail you, but that's kind of what got me thinking. Uh, Steph is, an, is the number one shooter that we've ever seen in the NBA with his creativity, his range, and his just accuracy from all over the floor, everywhere on the court, not just from three. But the thing that kind of makes him different, which is great, but also different from guys like Kobe Bryant, these other prolific scorers over the years, is that they have the physical ability to rise up over people no matter what the other person's size is. Yeah. Uh, and Steph Curry doesn't really have that. He can yeah. get by you and get to the rim. He can shoot over any defense. But if you're going to trap him at the point of attack right when he gets over half court, yep. he's got to go with the ball. And then as long as you keep a good eye on him, the other guys aren't going to shoot. And yep. then on top of that, like, so you're going to talk about Steph and the Warriors offense in general. And I'm not going to say that. Steph Curry's being exposed, but Draymond Green's getting exposed. Yeah, for and, sure. And not in that way that it's like, you know, this culture that we have where it says, expose him every time that yeah. you shake somebody. Yeah. But just the fact that he needs he needs those top players to hide the fact that he can't shoot very well. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what the importance of Clay Thompson. Well, yeah, that's – so he's very much a role player, and I think I've, – I've always said that, and I, and I never understood when people said – because even before this season started, people wanted to put the duo of – of Steph Draymond and Draymond, and they go to the pick and roll numbers, and they they are good, but it's easier to run the pick and roll when you have to watch out for Clay, mm-hmm. you have to watch out for KD. Like these guys, you can't 
you can't swarm the pick and roll. Like mm-hmm. you just can't. You can't mm-hmm. bring the help because if you bring the help, you're gonna get killed from the outside. Mm-hmm. And so to your point, yeah, now he's getting slightly exposed because yeah. even when you run the pick and roll, what is he going to do? He's going to roll a basket. He's going to run a pick and pop. What is he going to do? He's mm-hmm. not going to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not going to happen. And we talked last week he's about his roll turnover. He's basket undersized. Yeah, and yeah. we talked last week about his turnover ratio being pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not going to be – he's not going to handle the ball. You don't want him to not handle the traffic, ball. Not in traffic, yeah. Yeah, because he's going to probably turn it over. He's mm-hmm. turning it over one out of every four times. And not, to, and I don't want to give him too much flack because he's still an all-star in my eyes, just for what he can do on the defensive yeah. end. So smart, so able to call out coverages and work in tandem with a good team. Because yeah. no defender is an individual defender. You bring up the team around you, and he's able to do that. Oh, he's definitely and, a missing piece on a lot of good teams. Like he's definitely that piece where well, you're like, who are we missing? I, I think mean. he could even make the defense on this team respectable, but that takes time. You yeah. know what I mean? D'Angelo Russell's looking lost out there. Uh, yeah, I, and then I, D'Angelo Russell bonehead move. You know, the 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 night's already going bad, and he gets himself double ejected like he double technical and ejected like he gets up in the referee's face mm-hmm. after a no call and like up in his face mm-hmm. like, like he's about to fight him or something yep. and he keeps going after the first tee and just gets thrown out um i hate that because i almost feel like your night's going bad and now you want to feel like maybe you're sparking your team maybe you're trying to create some kind of narrative. maybe the coach can do that yeah like, but, that's like, a coach but you're the new guy like mm-hmm. what are you doing coming in here like yelling getting yourself ejected you're not doing anybody any favors and nobody's gonna like rally around you all of a you're sudden you're just looking dumb yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly uh, i did call out to you uh, i think on the weekend when i was watching the uh the warriors play against the clippers and d'angelo and steph had got, had given up the ball on the right wing right behind the three-point line in the corner mm-hmm. he gave up the ball and did his oh, yeah. did get his the, trademark yeah the f out the way. yeah he did his trademark run across the baseline to the other three point line because this guy's like oh thank god I don't got to guard him anymore mm-hmm. and he's already going that way and Joe Green's got the ball right to the left of the free throw line he's like get the fuck out of the way to to uh, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell because him and his man are in the way yeah so he gets him to move and then he gets the ball to Curry so there's a lot of growing that's gonna have to be done yeah. I still think that the Cur- that the Curry's the Warriors <laughs> the Golden State Curry's that can can make it into the playoffs like it's not impossible like I mean and it's not it's not bad I mean they. It could be that they have one bad year, and like again, it's very early. They're only zero and two. Yeah, I mean, it could be that they have one bad season, but I mean, Clay Thompson does come back. Like mm-hmm. we forget, they they locked them down for five years. Cool, like, and like teams that we thought were going to make a lot of noise, like you know the Pelicans, they might not. They could peter out, and then the Kings aren't looking good at all. So mm-hmm. they're they got still, destroyed by the Suns. There's still openings there, so it's definitely not the end of the world. Yeah. So that's kind of what we got for the uh, for the first week, not the, even a full week, but the first week. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll be uh, continuing to cover the games like this. If there's any particular matchup that you guys would like us to talk about on next week's episode, uh, just shoot us a tweet to at shotcallershow. Email shotcallershow at gmail.com. You can uh, direct message us on Instagram, the underscore shotcallers, or leave a question in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. Um, what do we have next, Rich? I believe we have some... Listener mail. Listener mail, yeah. yeah thank you for hitting this uh, and in our inbox. This is Kyle. Kyle, Kyle asked, um, what are some of your favorite casters? He specifically asked um, local casters, or so basically commentators, people that commentate, color commentators, anybody who commentates on the games. Uh, who is your favorite? Rich, do you have somebody? For me, it's the guy, it's the teams up in, uh, the team of guys up in Toronto. Uh, I love Matt Devlin and Jack Armstrong. Uh, Jack Armstrong definitely has the Toronto or Canadian accent, and he does something that kind of, is a pet peeve of mine is when you're watching a team play and they want to be the home broadcasters, right? Because by like some extension, they're getting paid by the team yeah. to announce the game. So there's going to be some some homer bias on any broadcast. Yeah. Um, and it creates an excitement for the people that are watching home at home. Yeah. But I just feel like uh, when you're calling a game, it I think you should call the players by their names on their jersey, by Ginobili instead of Manu, or by Duncan instead yeah. of Timmy. You yeah. know what I mean? And so that kind of gets my nerves. He does that a little bit. But just in general, I'm I'm real, I'm a real big fan of any uh, broadcasting team that will – be excited about their own team's plays, but also get excited about the opposing team. So if something, if somebody drives home an alley oop dunk, even if it was LeBron and LeBronto uh, taking over Toronto, um, they were still getting excited no matter what was going on on the court because it was very evident that they were fans of basketball, not just yeah. that team. So that's why they're my favorites, hounds down. Yeah. Uh, notable, ex- uh, notable other honorable mentions. Um, I like half the team in Dallas. I like Mark Followell a lot, even though his kind of hype up catchphrases like Luka Magic. I'm not in on Luka Magic, man. So before, just because you mentioned the Dallas team and I have them here, Chuck Cooperstein and uh, Derek oh, Harper. Oh, the radio team. Yeah, so uh, Chuck will sometimes jump on with Derek Harper. The mm-hmm. thing I like about Chuck is he's obviously a, 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 a man of the game. Like he knows it analytically, but he also knows it in the in the practical sense, right? Mm-hmm. Watching it, being able to see 
who's doing what. But what I love is that whenever somebody makes a mistake, like if they say something incorrectly, he'll correct it. Like mm. I can't remember exactly what it was yesterday, but Derek Harper made a comment and he like said, it's actually this. Mm. And that's good, right? Because you don't want somebody to be out there feeding, you know, incorrect information. And he right. doesn't do it in a snarky way because there can be too much of a smart ass, right? You can be a smart ass even on live TV and you come off as like that, but he never comes off like that. Um, but he also hypes up the moments. Like he, mm-hmm. whenever like somebody, you know, throws down a, a slam dunk, hits a big shot, like he gets excited about it. I, I will always remember the the call he made when the the, the Mavericks three? won the the oh. title in oh, 2011 okay. yeah. it was so hype like he gets you almost like emotional because mm-hmm. he's so invested because he's been with the team for so long um I don't mind the Luka Magic stuff it is a little corny from our fellow but it's still it's still funny as a as a trio they do a very good job and they feed off of each other but to your point kind of like you said about the Toronto guys Derek Harper is always one to to praise the other team yeah, when they do something like yesterday has on white side he he got around um i can't remember the exact play but he got around luca and he's able to, to, to slam it down mm. he's just like man he's so good he like, loves all the burly so, plays yeah he's the, like he's so long plays. and athletic yeah. like that was an amazing job like he'll he'll do that kind of stuff like he'll, Der- Derek harper's favorite phrase is they need to attack yeah <laughs> that's what he always says you remember when he used to he hasn't done this in a long time where i haven't heard him he used to be like jam yeah <laughs> jam. That it? That's the, man if he was still doing that now i would yeah. still be like he'd be right there yeah right there when in people my throw down the slam dunk yeah. he'd just be like jam jam, jam. Oh, yeah man. that was funny uh, uh Another guy I like is Mike Breen. He's on the National. He also does the the well, Knicks he does games. the Knicks games. Yeah, so yeah, he does I was gonna cheat with him too. But I like him on on ABC when he's commentating next to uh, to Van Gundy and. Uh Mark Jackson. Oh, um, Jackson. He he. I mean, maybe they make him sound better, but he, I just like his pop offs. Yeah. Oh, like, for sure. Bang! <laughs> like it's just it's, it's simple, right? It's just yeah. bang, but it's like yeah. I listen, love I, to hear. It. I listened to a podcast with him, and he was talking about how he was coming up through the New York radio days, and yeah. uh, he's like, "I need to find a catchphrase." And yes, is already taken, <laughs> Marv Albert. Yeah. You know? So he's like, I had to go, I had to come up with something else. That's like, a good one, though. So That's a good one. Bang. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Like, Everyone yeah. remembers that time that Steph Curry came out with back-to-back threes, and he goes bang. And then it, they got the rebound, got a steal, came back around. He was like bang, like he, could, <laughs> he couldn't even take it. Anymore. Yeah. He gets um, super high. Yeah. Like it's 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 crazy because I think about the other sports, and people always give Joe Buck shit because he does you? the World Series. I'll <laughs> give him shit too, but it's like a meme almost. Yeah. In baseball and in football they're like why are you so boring <laughs> why you're watching the game set it could be game seven of the world series last out guy hits a grand slam yeah. to go ahead and he's just he's like so formal yeah and he's just like it's going it's out of here the, the yankees have won the world series yep. for the 28th time yeah exactly. they are the championship is back and it's like dude get hype <laughs> this is like history yep. and so that's what i like about him it's like every moment even like the small ones and obviously there's more opportunities in basketball but if anything, you would think that would dilute it, right? But it's always like he's always on. Yeah. It's not like it, that. It, it makes me laugh when you hear guys that are so captured by the play that like there's guys that are good at being in the moment and saying, okay, this is the momentous thing I have to say. Like, And so like when the Mavericks won the championship, they said the Mavericks have scaled the NBA mountain and planted, and planted their, their flag. flag. But if you didn't, you know, if you weren't ready for that, and even in a smaller game, like an overtime win or a huge dunk, like when, when LeBron almost dunked on Draymond Green in that moment, he got fouled. Yeah. Sometimes both guys will just be like, Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. some of the best ones. Yeah, yeah. I love that too. Yeah, it's some natural excitement, you yeah. know. And 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 those are good though. Obviously, you need those, right? Those calls. Yeah. There's always the call for yeah. like for like moments like that. Because it's well, yeah, but there's also like those unexpected moments where <laughs> yeah. you're just like, what just happened? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, honorable mention for me is Ian e- Eagle on the Brooklyn Network. Like you wouldn't even think they were the Brooklyn yeah. team. Are they on YES? <laughs> yes, they're the Yes Network. Oh, okay. um, and him and RJ they called R- Yes. It's YES, yeah. right? Uh, it's Yes. It's called Yes. I promise, yeah. It's, it's not an acronym. Uh, no. I, mean, I always used to think it was like Yankees Entertainment Sports. Services or something. Yeah, something because the, the Yankees play on there. So it, I was like, I thought it was a Yankee thing. No, it might be like, it might stand for something, but they pronounce it the Yes, yes Network. network. Uh, and then our, Richard Jefferson just joined them last season. And I think he's really cool because he gives us a lot of like background information on what, what they're thinking. That's another reason that I like Jalen Rose a lot. Uh, just He doesn't commentate on NBA games, but I just love hearing every, any tidbit of background information that i can get about the yeah. nba stuff that you don't hear in the media he, he, he always he usually tends to make like a almost like a historic reference mm-hmm. he'll be like this person da, 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 and he'll like reference when he was in the league or mm-hmm. chauncey billups was blah 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 or blah 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 used to do this mm-hmm. da, da, da. i like that because it, you can you get to kind of see that comparison and, and kind of say oh he plays a lot like so-and-so used to play and, yeah and yeah. then when he says it you're just like oh yeah that's pretty accurate <laughs> like you don't even think about it yeah uh guys that get on my nerves 
Mark Jackson. Like I said, that I tweeted this his the other day. His little quirks are funny. I know Andre loves them. Yeah, and if he was here, it. Andre's rolling in his grave. Like now he knows that we're talking about him. But man, like if he can, I tweeted this the other day. Is it possible for Mark Jackson to say the word energy without saying the word effort right afterward? He's like, it takes energy and effort to do this. Like every time, energy and effort. And so, man, that gets yeah. on my nerves. The guys in San Antonio get on my nerves because they do that first name thing that I said that, that, that commentators do that I don't like. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, as long as you enjoy the game, I'm cool with it. I miss the guy in, in L.A. that said bingo every time the Clippers made a shot. Bingo. Yeah. So That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for the question, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. If you would like to for us to feature your question, send us a message to shotcallershow at gmail.com. Do like Kyle did and send us a message on Twitter at ShotCallerShow. You can also reach us on Instagram, the underscore ShotCallers. And, of course, leave a comment on the comment section below if you're watching us on YouTube. And we will get to those. I don't think there's a question we haven't covered. So we're very thorough when it comes to getting you. I mean, we don't get a ton of questions. So if you get in line, we'll make sure to cover your <laughs> question. We do have one in the mailbag for next week. Oh, yeah, I, we I was waiting for Andre to come to the show for us. Ah, okay. You want to get Andre's perspective? Yeah. Sweet, yeah. sweet, sweet. Uh, again, we appreciate Kyle. Always uh, an avid listener. And uh, always keep them coming. Keep them coming. We never get tired of hearing from you guys. <clears throat> do you have anything else on the docket, Rich? Oh, I think we've exhausted it. We got to go watch some games. <laughs> yeah, we got to go catch some more games, guys. So we're gonna go ahead and do that. Um, a lot of basketball first weekend in. Most games played is three. Yeah. <laughs> so we've still got seventy nine left we, to and go. We have seven days of games to watch. Seven days of games instead of, instead of yeah, what no, we just watched. Yeah. Yeah. So seven days of games coming up. Uh, I guess maybe once we get to like quarter through the season, we'll start kind of talking about early kind of standouts. milestones. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah exactly. standouts. And of course, we'll have like players of the month at that point. So yeah. it's pretty. It'll be pretty cool to cover that. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. It was exactly what we anticipated. Some surprises for sure. Some upsets. Mm-hmm. But that just makes it that much better. Dude, when you John Morant, Jay Morant, uh, or Jay Jay Crowder. <laughs> I mean, John Jay Crowder. Crowder. Yeah, yeah, we need to talk about Jay Crowder. Markel Fultz had a good oh, opening. Every, it's, Sorry, it's so Andre much to cover, guys. We could probably do a four-hour show if we went into every single game. And then we, we could, could get to all. Yeah, of them, but maybe. we we wanted to give you the meat of some of the some of the things that caught our attention. But again, if you guys have a game you'd like us to specifically cover, just send us a message. Let us know at show at gmail.com. Um, shot color show uh on twitter uh but until the night- underscore shot colors on instagram please leave us a rating or review on apple Podcasts or anywhere that you can leave a review definitely appreciate it uh and if you guys need anything or if you guys uh think of any questions just uh hit us up just like jv was saying earlier so. yeah yeah uh but that is it for this time until next time i'm jv i'm rich and we're the shot colors